Ladies, gentlemen, apples, oranges, and people who don't really understand why we're not supposed to compare fruit. I want to welcome you all once again to the Let It Bleed podcast. I am your host, the whimsical wizard of love, David Amaya. And to the right, I have my verified voodoo vaquero, Phil Arroyo. I'm going to apologize right away for my voice sounding a little bit stuffy. I've just got a bad case of the cold and uh, just want to say take care of yourselves out there, y'all. Make sure you're washing your hands and uh, taking care of yourselves, protecting yourselves from all the germs going around. Something nasty out there. But anyway, off the top of the show, I also want to say thank you to all the listeners for all your love and support and appreciating what we do. Uh, we also want to let everybody know that we appreciate them, and that's one of the reasons why we love doing the show, is it's because we have the opportunity to go ahead and promote so many other people that are very passionate about what they do. So if you, yourself, or anybody you know that you know are into doing anything creative, if you're you know trying to make it in the music industry, or you're an actor, or you know, you're an avid traveler, or you work with a charitable organization... Anything that you're passionate about and you want us to go ahead and promote, just go ahead and message us on any one of our social media platforms. Uh, let it bleed cast, all one word, mostly across the board. And what we'll do is we'll go ahead and, and try to get to them at, on every show and try to put the word out there. This week's episode is definitely a special one for both Phil and myself. Uh, we get to sit down with one of our really good buddies. And I can honestly call this guy one of my best friends. And he's definitely one of the, the people that I've grown closest to in the past couple of years since I've met him. Uh, in my opinion, he's one of the most ridiculously talented, artistic, uh, humble, uh, compassionate, generous, and selfless person alive on the planet. And I know that's a lot, but he really is all those things. He you know, brings nothing but the best energy with him wherever he goes. And he's always trying to make sure that everybody else is having a great time. And... Uh, you know, what he stands for is, is goodness, and I love it, and it's what we're all about here at the Let It Bleed podcast. Uh, he's a graduate from Chapman University for the Film Academy. He's also a project manager over at Sony, and he's worked on some, some pretty big films that a lot of you guys might know. Um, and currently, he's working on starting up a collective with uh, Phil and a couple of our other friends. So it's really exciting to see how this is all kind of actually taken off for these guys. And you're going to hear a lot of good things from them really soon. But the conversation, uh, I couldn't have been happier with it. Unfortunately, we didn't get all of the whole conversation salvaged because last week we weren't able to post it being that the file was corrupted. But we actually ended up sending it to Appleby and he saved us and ended up salvaging a lot of what we thought we lost. So, you know, that's just another thing that he's awesome for. But anyway... I hope that you guys could take away from this conversation some of the beautiful energy that this guy has to emit to the world. And um, yeah, I hope that you enjoy the show. And yeah, no, definitely. I want to, uh, you know, what can't that guy do? Apple's uh, definitely saved his own show. So, I mean, I mean, what, is, what does that say about us? What does that say about him? I think you guys can put all that together. So, uh, yeah, and, you know, of course, uh, if this uh, intro seems a little bit awkward, it's because me and, uh, me and Dave are uh, recording this at a different time. So uh, apologies for that, but I'll just finish up here with, the, uh, with our plugs, all right? Of course, you can find, uh, well, you can find us always at the uh, Let It Bleed cast. So go ahead, show us some love on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, David Appleby, you can catch him on his Instagram at Apple Stinger. 
just like it sounds. Or is it Apple's Tinger? Hmm, who knows? And, um, you know, a little bit of a self-serving plug here. The Both both Apples and myself also wanted to plug the, uh, the Regal Collective. That's R-G-L Collective. Just like that is spelled. Uh, go ahead and show us some love on, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff as well. And, uh, you know, we've also, uh, we talked about a little bit in the show. Uh, I, I hope that's the part that got recovered, recovered anyway. But, uh, you know, we're throwing an event this weekend on uh, Memorial Day weekend, Sunday, May 28th. We're throwing the uh, kind of the kickoff event for our brand, this kind of new thing, something that we did last year, you know, just for fun. And now it's official. We've got a big, a big thing going. So we're opening it up. We're telling everybody now. Uh, it's called Mustard in a Bottle. So uh, go ahead and follow us on any of those Regal Collective uh, social media pages and you can find out some more info about that. Um, you know, my man, uh, David Amaya here, one of the many Davids, it gets confusing in this friend group, but he will be at Hood Rat Stuff with three Fs, that is on Instagram, and he's also going to be there at Mustard and Bottle with us, doing some live painting. Uh, you can catch me at, uh, Nobody Cares Phil on Instagram, and you can reverse that for Twitter, that's at Phil Nobody Cares, and, uh, go ahead and, uh, check out my Twitch channel, you know, I'm still doing some shows there at uh, PJ Pantsfire on Twitch. I think that just about does it for plugs, so I'm not going to waste your guys' time. Let's get into it. episodes of Joe's that go like three hours long yeah you know you get the whole the within breaks and stuff you stop here and there but like the whole thing I, get the I mean whole there's thing. there's a time and a place for for everything right now you know I mean like I, I love like a good short little like minute long YouTube clip or a fucking vine where somebody gets hit in the dick you know <laughs> I saw I saw an animated gif yesterday of a guy who like there's like this like little kid he's like maybe a year old and he like lost his ball in a tree He's getting, and this guy comes up, he's like, oh, okay. And he moves the kid, it's probably his dad, but he moves the kid over about six, ten feet away, and then he's like, all right, watch this. And then he jumps up and does this really impressive kick, and he kicks the ball out of the tree, and the ball goes flying out of the tree, and just fucking nails the kid in the face, and it's the funniest goddamn thing I've ever seen. And I, I, I don't know, is that... I what the like both, fuck did that have to do with what I was talking about? I'm right just now? saying. <laughs> I was like, "What are you talking about?" I mean, that was a great it's story. The, the perfect illustration of attention span. <laughs> I guess so. I you guess know, so. Sometimes, totally. Sometimes I want to hear a very intimate three-hour podcast with Joe Rogan. Sometimes, sometimes I want to watch a two-year-old get kicked in the face. Gotcha. Gotcha. I I to- like okay. Both. I got gotcha. you. Right, I'm, I'm glad we tied that tied that together right now. I was like, "What the fuck?" are you talking about Bill like I need my coffee <laughs> daytime one I need to fucking are you gonna get more of that weed coffee oh no no I learned my lesson really I didn't I could honestly I feel like that I had been smoking so much with Serge that day that, that anything else was just obsolete because that guy just he had me fucking floored from the mo- like the moment we got out of my car and walked into that gallery I was just uh, like the lesson I learned was don't smoke weed with Sergio Curio <laughs> Unless you want to get down on some freestyles. Uh-huh. Yeah. But all right, so today we have Applebee. 
David Appleby, oh, my fellow David, one of the the three Davids of the of the Daves. The Dave, David, and David Law Firm. What's going on? The Dave, D- Dave, Dave, and David. <laughs> Dave, David, and Davy. No. He would be the. Uh, he would probably be the the double D. The double if D. If we were having like a Ed and Eddie kind of uh, <laughs> comparison. It's really funny though how similar our names are though in just uh, like uh, you know initial wise yours is D A mine's D A yeah. and then Dave's and is D May but my name's <laughs> yeah. David Amaya so oh, it's yeah, like yeah, really yeah. funny they take away the A's out of my last name and it's essentially the same name right it's, and May Rams with A so yeah. what I'm choosing to believe is there's some kind of rip in the space time continuum what? and different timelines <laughs> of the same person actually what? manifested in this universe right I'm gonna be here. like I'm gonna be like Louis Farrakhan here so May. Is actually the month of the year where everything comes together, and as these two Davids came together, you know, see. do you know what's hey, May? What's what? May's? Uh... What's the date today? It's May. It's May. <laughs> it's May. It's gonna be May. <laughs> May. What, what day is it actually? Fuck. I the days just bleed into each other. And it's the uh, it's what day are we dropping this? I don't know. Somebody get a calendar. We're oh, pretending yeah. it happens today. Oh right, right, right. No, who cares? Uh, <laughs> no, who cares? So uh, what's um, what's May's sign? What's his birth sign? He's you know? a Pisces. The Pisces. A okay. Pisces. You're a Leo. I'm a Sagittarius. Yeah. He's a Pisces. So it's birthday Monday. What's the what's the story about Pisces? The are Pisces they? are the most sensitive of all the signs, apparently, and they are the most. Uh, they feel the most, I guess. Like they have they have the most, like. They pretty much carry all of the attributes of all the signs, according to this stuff. I mean. Uh, I, that describes uh, the babe slayer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he always has to reiterate to me, too. Like he's like, I never dubbed myself with the babe slayer name. It was given to me. <laughs> it was like, all right, man. <laughs> I love uh, It is true, though. It's a great name. And I think that we really still should uh, start that band. You know, the uh, Dave, 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 Dave and the Babe Slayer. Or Ludwig what, van Babetoven. Oh, Babetoven and the Babe Slayers. <laughs> it is, it's got a nice ring to it, for sure. Yeah. Um, so you drove down from LA you're here today. You gonna, you guys gonna go to Zach's tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be there. I think sure. that's the plan. Yeah. I'm so bummed. Like honestly, I I heard about it Monday or whenever Helia put it out there, and I'd love to go. I think after this, I'm gonna go stop by and uh, give him a bottle or something, like buy him a bottle of whiskey because yeah, I'm you know they got the I'm going to San Diego, but now I'm actually working and uh, gonna work and play tonight in San Diego. If it weren't for the fact that the ticket had already been got beforehand, you know, I'd be going to Zach's tonight and hanging out. So. I know. I'm sure they'll be fine with it. They threw it together on, like, Tuesday. Yeah. Though, what was that? They, they threw it together on, like, Tuesday. So, I'm sure they'll be fine if, like, not or everybody can. this weekend or whatever. You know, yeah. short notice is what I'm Who saying. is to? Oh, the. Yeah, the, the party. Yeah. Yeah. They threw it together. But it, fuck, it sounds so badass. It's a 70s party. Yeah, they're going to have a record player going, too. <sighs> I didn't bring my records, though, unfortunately. No. Yeah. Bummer. I've got my two live crew record that I can bring. You guys are also going to be working on uh, some mustard in the bottle stuff today, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's that's another reason that he came down. You know, uh, for you know, uh, we mentioned it at the top of the show last week, uh, but right uh, off the top of the bat. Yeah. No. In the in the intro, we talked <laughs> Just the a little bit the about the uh, little production company that we that you know me and apples here as well as. Uh, you know, other good, other uh, other guys, Badger and Justin, who will be on the show at some soon, point. I'm sure. Sooner, yeah, yeah. I like to get yeah. the psychedelic meltdown uh, edition going. Oh, I yeah. like like the way that I wanted to do it before, where 
you know, when I when I first thought of the psychedelic meltdown, I really did want to do uh, like kind of like a Jonesy's jukebox or oh, you know sure. like an old yeah. Jim Ladd type of show where yeah, you play, you play it and then you have a little break, talk you can talk about it or just have like a little deep uh, philosophical rant about something yeah. and just kind of have some fun with it. That's uh, cool. Yeah. That, that is super rad. So I'm really excited to get that going. We gotta get the decks up here. That'd yeah. Be great. No, yeah, we can totally do that. Well, RGL, uh, you know, it's been our it's been our group, our base fam for like you know longer than I've known everybody. But uh, you know, mostly in the past year, we kind of met at Lightning in a Bottle 2016. Uh, 2015. 15? 2015. No, 15. Yeah, it was yeah, 2015. Yeah. So that yeah, was like the so first like festival where everybody went together and really solidified the group into. Yeah. That was a big deal. Something. May, May yeah. 2015. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the but before that, like that's for me. That was my start in it. But before that, there was obviously the uh, friendsgiving that happened. Yeah, know, it's so funny that. because I was like Emily. It was also at uh, the K Tribe gathering last night, and we kind of like you know it was a lot more intimate than it, and it usually is. There was a lot less people than there kind of are, and so you know you always get people like talking about RGL. And and last night there were more people like actually inquiring as to like what this yeah. means or the so it actually means this and we're like look we kind of just went down and we're like yeah it's it's a fucking mystery you know but it's yeah. all it's what you make of it we all have our we all have a very common feeling about what it was and what it is and like everybody can take it and do whatever they want with it yeah. you know um this but, doesn't have to say anything about about what we've been in the past and who we are and no. it doesn't have to say anything about rgl it's just it's it's well, inspired you, by the group yeah. and it's and it's from the group and, and this is the four of you guys with your specific vision going and actually doing something with the name that people talked about for a while yeah and you know th there was talk about it for a long time and there really was just not enough action but for many reasons you know obviously when I, you I have think it's mostly when we ha when you have 25 people yeah all trying on the to same do plane, trying to get something done it's yeah just, it's just right. too difficult to work like it's that. a lot easier in smaller groups to to kind of have like you guys have a, a more particular vision that you guys want to achieve um and you guys went ahead and started doing it that's, that's the thing that was so inspiring when i first met everybody is mm -hmm. because we all had a like mind and we all had this like you know this drive to create something music is what brought us together you know but we we all have different talents and gifts that we bring to the equation you know and and it's it's actually been really fun learning the different talents that we have just right in our inner circle you know like like i i had no idea phil to be honest like all the social media work that you do the pr work that you do and like you're fucking fire on that shit so like <laughs> yeah that's that's really impressive and really fucking awesome that we have that asset right here in our family yeah you yeah. know and and yeah. this is this is kind of an opportunity to, to give people an opportunity to you know to express those talents and absolutely to develop yeah, those know, talents yeah i think we all kind of spotted that this is just just i don't know it wasn't it wasn't by design really it just kind of happened that we were a, a a group of friends that was entirely made out of creators well i know? do think though like i had said pr uh, prior that um and and i think i said it in like the second episode but you know, it is, it was by design, whether we know it or not, we put that energy out there, whether we True. realized how yeah. it was going to manifest, because I had my own personal testament as to what I had wanted to kind of create for myself a long time ago. I wanted to create this artist network of people or be part of it, you know, where I got inspired by a documentary and I wanted to do this sort of thing and I sought out to do it, but it kind of fizzled out in terms of my direct 
uh, my direct path to doing it because I, I wasn't paying attention to that once I met the group. And then little did I know after just partying and having fun, we kind of, I realized, whoa, holy shit, this is exactly what I wanted, but even better in, in ways that I couldn't even have imagined, you know, and it, it played out on, in, on its own. Where like, you know, before I was just like, I just want to get a bunch of artists together and I want to like, you know, create events and do things where we all come together and we all promote each other. But I still really didn't know what was going to happen with that. And then you meet everybody and like every, you said, everybody has so many different fucking things to bring to the table. Like ridiculously, like uh, we have everything. <laughs> we have everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we have a whole village right here. And it's kind of crazy. Like the way that things happen in phases and waves, like the way the way we met everyone that was a season of our lives to meet and make friendships and relationships i mean like the i feel like you know we went to weddings we went to we, it's just like it was such a beautiful time mm -hmm. for making lifelong bonds and now i feel like i don't know what what the deal is with the world but everybody seems to be on on this bent of like i i'm i'm taking the next step with whatever project it is that's closest to my heart mm -hmm. and i'm making progress on my life that's mm -hmm. what this that's what this feels like right now this time you know mm -hmm. it's like a it's a time of a lot of you know mixing it up and and i I've, I've i found that it's not just our group of friends it's it's across the board people oh, yeah. are getting shit done right now and it's yeah there's a lot of momentum yeah yeah there, there definitely is like a change in the air i can definitely feel it you know with with things outside of this group even you know and you just look at the world right now and there's there's part of it that i think is you know, that's scary to a lot of people. And oh, yeah. and you can see the people who are using that as, like, motivation, a jumping off point, you know? Motivation it, or just, like, literally to escape <laughs> that nonsense and out of sight, out of mind thing. I know that, obviously, it's important to stay informed and, and keep up to date with what's going on and all. But for me, with just the circus that is fucking going on in oh, this God. nation, as yeah. well as the rest of the world... Day by day, no matter how much you keep up or try to formulate some sort of opinion or take a stance on anything, it really fucking doesn't matter in this immediate time unless you're really, I, I mean, I just think that it's more important to go and just fucking create and use the energy to like mm. distract yourself with, with creative endeavors because essentially these, these movements are what's going to shape people to, you know, come out of that darkness. And, yeah, it's interesting you say that because like when when this election cycle started going down the path it was it ended up going down which nobody really no fucking, fucking knew expected. people thought they did <laughs> they don't I, know <laughs> like it it inspired me to revolt in a in my own way uh -huh. you know like i went to uh the marches in downtown la and i filmed yeah. and I, I tried to i tried to take part in it you know and that was that felt really rewarding for me but ultimately it's it's my family, you guys, that are inspiring me most. It's it's the kind of things yeah. that like I can't I can't make my life about, you know, about fighting something that I believe is wrong. I need to make my life about supporting something that I believe in. Well, yeah. It, yeah. To go I off like of that, Terrence McKenna, here's a good quote from him, and I'm just gonna say it off the top of my head, but it's a very simple but true one that reflects that. And it's uh the idea is not to confront bad ideas, but to come up with good ideas. Because if oh, he says, uh, because if you do allow, if you try to confront bad ideas, then your enemy defines the game, and you are the loyal adversary. Yeah, yeah. Something along those oh, lines. Yeah. I like that. Oh, like damn. That. Because it's very, it's true. It's like, and I've, I've been saying that, trying to express that idea to people, because there are a lot of people that are very passionate and they have good intentions, mm -hmm. and they're out there trying to make. 
I feel like everybody's trying to change the world, you know, and they're trying to do their part. But a lot of it is also them thinking that, you know, that they're going to just change it overnight like that. And it's not by, by fighting something, you know, by, by arguing with it and pointing out the bad things and pointing the finger. We go all fucking day pointing the finger and saying, this is wrong. This is bad. Of course it is. It's fucking a shitstorm. Yeah. But guess what? The only way you're going to change it is by not going out and complaining about it. It's by fucking taking over. By creating something that overpowers it, that fucking, you know, well, see, makes that is, obsolete. This is where I'm going to disagree with you a little bit there, because I think all of the complaining, all the fighting, and all the finger pointing, I think that has gotten us somewhere. Cool. I think we have mitigated a lot of the damage that could have been done had people not stood up and, and revolted, you know? And you're looking at town hall meetings and stuff like that right now on all the, uh, you know, these Republican congressmen who pushed through the, uh, the AHCA. And they're going back to their districts and people, I mean, they're, they're, they're filling up these town hall meetings with people screaming in their faces about did, that. Did you see the one with the guy who's like, you went after my wife, you went after my kids, I'm not going to stand for that. Like, you, you, you know, like, I didn't see that, you're no. the enemy. And he like, he, oh my God, he ripped him apart. It was, it was beautiful, sad, tragic, made me so angry. But like, it's important to have those, those conversations. Yeah. And to have them in person. I'm seeing way more people and way more um, innovation too. I saw a... Um, there's a site out now, and God, I, I, I wish I could remember it off the top of my head so that I could plug it here. But there is a um, – somebody's like they made an app to where it's like, oh, they'll find who your congressman is. The app will automatically fill out all the information right, for right. you. They'll do automated calls, and you can, you can like leave messages and stuff like that. And they're using technology to kind of bring through actual change. And what you, what you got to do is call your congressman and call your senator. And I've, mm -hmm. I've called mine on several occasions. And he's been a dick every time. <laughs> but see, that's kind of yeah. what I'm saying, though, is even though it needs to be done, and it's going to be done, people are going right. to complain. There's no doubt that they're going to complain. Mm -hmm. And it's going to happen. People are going to revolt. But simply only doing that, it's not yeah. going to change anything. And, and, and that can't be your purpose. No. And here's the thing, too, is yeah. that it creates this, for all the people and all the movements that start off with good intentions, somewhere down the line, people jump on these things. And like a lot of the social, the social justice warrior movement tends to be a lot of people just really trying to jump on a bandwagon of something and trying to win social brownie <laughs> points and trying to just be part of this movement, but they're really not doing anything. They're not coming up with solutions. Well, I'm like, not saying I everybody. Like we're, we're talking about two different things here now because I want to put a very distinct line between people who are um, you know, politically active and part of you know, the quote-unquote resistance. Right, and, and I'm not, saying that, I'm not saying that they don't need... We and don't need people fighting for things. I just, I just don't want to get pulled into this same, this kind of this logical fallacy that I'm hearing a lot from, you know, uh, people on the. And I, I hate to even make distinctions between left and right because I've got a lot of conservative friends and they're good people and they're and they're smart people. And I'm talking about pundits and people who talk for a living and people who put up these straw man arguments and they look at the craziest kids in Berkeley who are shouting down uh, people and keeping people from, uh, uh, from, you know, voicing their own opinions and they are and, and they are right. The, every single one of them are right about all the shit that they say about you know college kids, and they talk about uh, you know you know a academic liberal, liberalism run amok. You know I have never seen that personally myself, having gone to college even. Like I don't know nobody on my Facebook, um, you know, says and does crazy shit like that or believes a lot of this. And if I did, I would also shout that down. But I feel like you know when you say this is what they believe. I'm sorry, I don't believe that, and I don't know anybody. But that goes across both worlds. That goes both that. ways with everything. Though. Exactly. That goes and, with everything. And that's everything. why I don't. I don't think everybody that that still you know believes in Donald Trump is some you know inbred Absolutely backwoods not. hick either. And know? that's the thing is that the the the, the 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 to try to sum anything up when it comes to that is ridiculous. 
but because it, it, you just go back and forth. But I think the biggest thing is that there is this double sided, this partisanship that is what no matter who they are at the top, they just want us distracted by that. You know, the people at the fucking top, the people that are in control doing all of this bad shit. There's bad shit from liberals. There's bad shit from fucking conservatives. There's bad shit all across the board when they're up in the government because it still is about fucking money. It's about power. It's about fucking, you know, personal interest, no matter what. And they have people fighting over these things and they're masking it under movements a lot of the time. Like, it's okay and it's good. It's actually good to fight for civil rights. Absolutely. We should always be fighting for civil rights. But that should not just be the only thing that people are focused on 100% of the time either. That should not... Yeah, it's unhealthy. It's yeah. for sure unhealthy to, to be consumed To by not this. be fair if it was, if it was... just because one president clearly is not for people's civil rights and another person pretends that they are. Let me put it this way. You don't, you don't go into battle fighting for freedom. You go into battle fighting for your family. You go into mm. battle fighting for a thing that you want to protect. Yeah. You know? And so what, what you get are people who make a career out of Absolutely. freedom being their, their goal. And Absolutely. That's, and that's not... That it's, it's like uh, to take a line from the Joker. You know, it's like, what happens when the dog actually catches the car? What's he going to do with it? That's, you know, like, that's pretty much exactly what's happened that started years ago with like the rise of the Tea Party during like the early years of the Obama administration. Here they are. They have finally caught the car, yeah. you know, and they, they have, a, you know, a supermajority in the House and Senate. They've got the this, you know, this outrageous president. And then they realize that health care is hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Who, who, knew? Knew? who knew? Let, let me who make it clear. Was hard? Let who me make it clear that I'm not against activism in any way. <laughs> You know, I'm not again, like, I think that there's a time where people need to go out there and they need to speak their voice and they need to fucking stand for something like Standing Rock, the Women's March. I was all for all of that. By the way, your video that you that you did with that is fucking amazing. And I would like for you to plug at the end of the show a place where we can, you know, get people to go actually check these things out. I definitely out. want to tie it all the way back around to this, but let's, let's complete this thought. Yeah. yeah so, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's hurry the fuck up. No, there definitely <clears throat> is, there definitely is, and it's going to happen, like I said, and it needs to be done, but the world, we need a lot more balance than teetering too much to any side on one thing. And we need to focus on what's true, whether it's, you know, it goes against what side you chose. That's the bottom line that I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, you just need mm-hmm. to focus on what's real and what's true and fucking just get out there and most importantly, promote love. Yeah. If it comes down to one thing, if you promote love, then you can't really argue with that, you know? Well, there's, there's the old adage, you know, think globally and act locally. There's nothing that I can do really to change anyone's mind, uh, you know, somewhere deep in rural Tennessee right. who, you know, who thinks that a, a, a Christian Sharia should be the law of the land and right. that, uh, you know, yes. anybody with an erection should uh, <laughs> get two years in jail. Like, I, I, you know, I, I can't change that person's mind. Because would can't... you not agree that those comments and those feeds where they're just hundreds and hundreds of comments when people try to voice their opinion, even if somebody has a very, very extremely logical and 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 good point to make that it's going to be received online by these people that it's actually going to do better than it's going to just feed uh feed the fire in a negative way online rather than what you're saying going out and you know doing things locally showing love to every single person that you come around getting in into intimate conversations where you can discuss things with people rather than trying to make a fucking point or belittle anybody 
I, I think that's the thing, you know, there's, it gets very aggressive and sometimes it's hard not to get aggressive when, you know, when politics does come out. When and you can hide and behind I've, the computer. And I've definitely mm-hmm. chastised a lot of people that I know for getting too aggressive towards, you know, people on the other side of the aisle. Like, look, you're not going to change or win any hearts and minds. All you're doing is further entrenching their beliefs. And every time I see a, a fight or some kind of vandalism going on over somebody who's, a, let's say, a Trump supporter, just for today's argument's sake, you know? Just like you're, you're, you, we're taking two steps back every time yes, we do that exactly. because that that that's not going to get anyone anywhere. Yes. It's not going to change anybody's mind. Have you ever been yelled at? It's about being effective. about politics yeah. and then been like, oh yeah, that was a great point. Yeah, I changed. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna listen to you. Yeah. I'm gonna go fucking make this guy feel stupid. Yeah, he guess what? He might be stupid. He's not gonna like it when you call him stupid, though. You know, he might be acting very stupid, but going and saying, "Dude, you're dumb. You don't even know about this. You're just a fucking, you're just a fucking libtard. You're a fucking conservative." You know, that's not gonna make any one of them be like, "Oh yeah, you know what? He's right. God damn, he has a hit, point. Hit to the core there. Yeah, I, I gotta go change my ways. You know, no, it's about doing great things and showing love and and you know, like agreeing to disagree in the moment and not really fucking." trying to combat them in such a harsh, harsh way. I don't know. That's just how I look at it. There's an interesting, there's an interesting video that was online the other day. Um, this super conservative woman who's like Trump supporter and all that, but she's also, she's also interested in, uh, fixing climate change. Mm -hmm. That's actually one of her things that she's really kind of trying to push. And she was talking about how, uh, how the conversation is all wrong. If you want to reach somebody who's, a Republican who's focused on, you know, fiscal policy and mm-hmm. who's focused on trying to balance the bank account, you know, that's yeah. the way they're thinking of things. Well, why don't you say instead of, you know, global warming, instead of leading with that, which they, you know, unfortunately have been indoctrinated not to believe, mm-hmm. uh, why don't you lead with something like energy independence? Yeah. Or or why don't you lead with like, you know, reducing our dependence on fossil fuels? Yeah. Um, you know, rather than we're talking about initiatives into a green economy that could spur more jobs and exactly like that and lose things and, and provide opportunity for new industry to come in. Exactly. You know? Maybe not. Maybe don't focus on these feel good topics, which which do so well with with, um, frankly, the left side. Uh-huh. You know, why don't you focus on something that's going to speak their language? You know, and 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 you're gonna turn, you're gonna change minds if you talk to people like that. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, know? you take their their values because the thing is, we have way more in common. All of us yes. do. Then yes. we do. That's different, yes. you know. And I think that's that's that maybe exactly our biggest it. problem. Is this this kind of this this uh, this inclination towards uh, tribalism, mm. which I, which is I feel like it's systematic. It's, you know? it's the it's human defi- condition, though. Well, it's, it's a human, human condition. condition. Yeah. You but know, they, they, say we're not, they say we're not supposed to, or like we're not meant to be in tribes of more than like a hundred or something like that. Mm. I, maybe I'm getting that wrong. I read a survey somewhere where they said like that's really like the circle Optimum. that you can keep. You know, that's like a. That's like the optimum village for the way our monkey brains are designed. Well, that's right. the way it's always been and understood. But guess what? That's not going to happen oh, yeah, now. No, so not, yeah, we need to fucking figure out how to do it. I mean, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. And like what you said, the key is to try to point out to everybody that we have so much more in common with each other hmm. than these little differences. Exactly. Exactly. And that's not just that's not just on political inclinations. No. That's, that's identity politics, yeah, too, going absolutely. back to what you were saying as well. Absolutely. You know? I'm working on a documentary right now called uh, The limitless generation i've been working on it for a long time yes yes. i I traveled around the country interviewing millennials Mm -hmm. trying to get a sense of like who they are what drives them what kind of what's different about them from other generations um just to kind of give you a a sense a millennial is anyone who's born after 1982 
or before 2004. Mm-hmm. So it's it's us. It's our it's our yeah. group of friends. It's it's that kind of a, uh, of a mentality. And when you start talking about generational theory, you you, you generalize a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so in in an I effort, generally don't like to generalize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You, you kind of want to try to avoid that wherever you can. But, but the thing is, like, p- younger people today are less inclined to, to associate with any one political party. Mm-hmm. They're actually more inclined to talk about the, the topics that matter and talk about the actual discussion points rather mm-hmm. than identifying with a political party. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's a really encouraging thing. That's a growing movement, though, based on, like, the fact that people are starting to see that, hey, like, both of these sides have been going at it for a fucking long time, and it almost seems like it's just systematically planned out that one side gets enough time to change shit for their benefit and to control things and have these people build up their fucking, you know, their fucking uh, argument against them, and then they come over and they take over, and it just doesn't work. It goes back and forth. That's not progress. And the difficulty is it's it comes down to, like, the same idea that created collective bargaining you know with with labor labor unions you're stronger in greater numbers Mm -hmm. right so if you want to enact the change that you desire you you have to group together yeah because ultimately you know if you're leading by committee you're going to be you're not going to make any progress you know so it's it's an interesting system we have here in the united states it's not perfect far from it far from it the older you get i feel like the more has there you, ever been a perfect system? No, no, definitely. Not. <laughs> what does that? Are, there what are does that mean? Pretty obvious things that we can do to fix it that are never mm. going to happen, unfortunately, because of the way the system is set up is to keep it exactly the way it is. True. You know, True. that's unfortunate. I wish I, that, I wish I did have. So, a what do you think about like the dismantling the whole system? I don't um, think that's the way to go either, because when you dismantle the whole system, you get what we've got right now. So you know? what? So then, and, what do we and, do? And a lot. Of, well, you know. Just slow change over time. Unfortunately, the good news is is that if you look at where we are now versus where we were 10 years ago versus where we were 10 years before that, there has been change. And change, I think, and progress. in the right direction. Yeah. There has been progress. But, but has progress the change and progress always been painful gone? and, you know. What was that? But this world, as this world goes, there's always going to be progress. I mean, like, ba- ba- bottom line is, like, this is something that people don't really <laughs> like to realize. And... Because everything is fucked up right now. And for us, who didn't experience so much of the fucking terrors that used to go on in the world before mm-hmm. we existed, we think, oh my God, this is so terrible. But it's still the best time to be alive in this country. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, like, we didn't have to walk down the street and see a fucking innocent black guy just get fucking beat up by a bunch of white people just because he was black and it was totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have to fucking go and, you know, see... Uh, on the TV or, or experience the World War II and, and experience, you know, the Holocaust or go way back into the, the fucking medieval dark ages and shit, you know, and well, fucking off with their head for any fucking little thing. And that's not to say that that is uh, and it has been sustainable. I mean, the, the thing is, like, we're coming to a time right now where a lot of those freedoms that we've enjoyed over the past, like, 20 years are at risk. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's it's overpopulation it's uh you know low housing you know that we're not having having housing development the way we should we're we're toxifying our environment or economy shit fake money like and and just it doesn't money's like a joke it's just it's the credit system's all fucked we're building a bubble 
So, yeah, yeah I mean, and, and you kind of have to if you want to be the, the top nation in the world and you want to maintain this mm-hmm. elevated uh, sense of comfort. But I, but I think what you're getting in our, in our generation is you're getting people who are reevaluating what's important in life. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not as interested in money. They're not as interested in traditional comforts. Yeah. They're, they're seeing, they're traveling the world and they're seeing that, um, that people who are not as fortunate financially as they are, are living just as rich lives, if not richer, you know, and, and they're, and they're experiencing beautiful connections with people and they're realizing that's what's actually important. It's very interesting. I don't need money to have, have friendships. I don't need money to be, you know, to be happy and to be fulfilled and to do something positive. Yeah. The things that help us do more also hold us back technology like technology wise you know we've with what the information that is accessible to us you know what we can look up and understand anything but also we also have a, a certain type of mental deprivation because people don't really know how to think from the beginning and see things through the end they just want the instant answer for things and they look it up you know we have the ability to travel anywhere in the world and do it so frequently but people get caught up in the spring break Right. And the fucking, oh my God, I want to go here and get my Instagram photos instead right. of actually immersing themselves into the culture. Right. Instead of like, there's good and bad and everything, but like the people that really travel and they see that, like what you're saying, how these people don't get to do all this stuff and their lives, they're just as happy for yeah. some reason. Yeah. You know, what, what you're calling deprivation, I, I would like to, I think of it as evolution. You know, it's us being able to actually you know, realize that there's this extension of ourselves that will probably always be there. And that is these phones, the internet, the world's knowledge kind of shared and at our fingertips, you know, and knowing how to navigate that and take in all this mass amounts of information. I think that's something that's unique to our generation, which is why when I meant you hear mental about deprivation folks. is in a sense, like we have the ability to go and look up facts and we can know things. But when it comes like you got people that know how to work and navigate computers as they evolve, but how many of them know how to go back and build a computer from the fucking start? How many people, you know, you can go with your cameras and your phones and you can take the dopest photos and learn how to work fucking Photoshop. But how many people understand how film was actually discovered in the first place? And I mean that it's not necessarily the most important thing, but at some point down the line, what if, you know, the Internet does fucking crash and we don't have access? I'm just saying hypothetically, Mm. because I don't necessarily I have no idea what the fuck's going to happen. It could get super advanced and we could be living in these crazy you know, like crazy cities where everything's technological and say, or it could be like the road where we're just fucking wandering and you know, this wasteland, right. like that. Option two is a little more likely. Yeah. <laughs> you think option two is well, more likely? I, I mean, it's interesting because this technology is developing in a way that actually supports itself. Yeah. So when, when we, uh, when we create this culture where we get these uh, privacy policies that pop up every time you open an app and you just click accept. You don't even read it. Yeah. And you're signing up for, for this this surveillance state that we've sort of entered into. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay. But the further that goes, you kind of are giving up these these freedoms that you don't even realize. You're you're giving up these these privacies. Yeah. And and what ends up happening is you're also giving up control in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like if if you know you know, uh, take the phone for instance. You actually could could separate yourself from work at the end of the week. Uh, the, when the weekend comes along, no one's gonna get in touch with you. Right. You're gonna have a weekend, and you're gonna have family time, and there's gonna be a division between, you know, the work week and your your family weekend. Um, that doesn't happen anymore, dude. And it's 
I don't want to be one of those people that's like, because I'm not anti-technology at all. You know, mm-hmm. I understand that it's inevitable and it's going to keep going. And I'm learning to appreciate the, the, the better aspects of it and look at, you know, the possibilities of things that can happen. And like how Duncan Trussell says about like VR and stuff and how a lot of people automatically try to say that it's, you know, taking us away from reality where he says, no, it actually, in a sense, could expand people's consciousness in a way where it shows them what it's like to be outside of yourself or to re- uh, to get rid of the idea of self without having to do like psychedelic drugs or without having to do anything like that. I do feel it though, as much as I love social media and I love being involved in, obviously I'm like all over it all day, but I realize even when I'm driving, not supposed to, but I just can't fucking put my phone down. And there's times where I get so stressed out and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Put your phone down, like live life, be a human being, go back and do that. And it's, it's a, it's a really fucking, it's a powerful thing. Technology has a certain power to it. And there was this really interesting, you know, you can look at this any way you want, but I just found it interesting. Another thing that Terrence McKenna said that technology in itself, if there were to take over, would actually be mother nature taking over. Oh, totally. Because it really is. Like think about what technology (laughs) is and the reason why we can't understand why it sustains itself and builds on itself. And it's obviously able to just be fucking so much smarter than any one human being can, can be. But all of these things are made out of fucking the earth. Yeah. They're made out of fucking elements from elements the from the earth. Yeah. And in a sense, it's, you know, ironically, Mother Nature coming back around and fucking yeah. owning us. <laughs> well, it's, it's the next step in evolution. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say that. Yeah. You know, it's, this, is, this is how we evolve now. Mm-hmm. Consciousness you know, is a trip. You know, it's crazy. You think about, like, back in the day, uh, if someone had really terrible vision, you know, before glasses, right? Think, right. About, mm-hmm. think about that, before glasses. Yeah. Someone had really terrible vision. There was nothing they could do about it. You know, they just had to either live with it or die with it. Do you think that the terrible vision thing started becoming more frequent once we had glasses? Absolutely. Think about it. Like if, if you're a guy with absolutely horrible vision, you're totally like incapable of taking care of yourself because your vision's so bad. Like you're going to be less likely to have a successful, productive, reproductive life. Right. And I, and and I don't want to like, you know, there are obviously there are resilient amazing people in this planet and they are going to find a way to survive but mm-hmm. but maybe maybe vision's not the perfect example but it, no, it makes it less likely that your genes are going to continue on yeah and and so because of that it's limited in the population but when you start giving people crutches and mm-hmm. say like okay n- now if you don't if you can't see that's no problem we can just laser vision you know fix or there's a, pill, vision for the, with there's a pill for that yeah there's yeah. a pill for that uh, you know, erectile dysfunction, there's a pill for that. Yeah. Well, that's, that would suck <laughs> you know, if you couldn't get it up. Like I feel for those, but, older dudes, but that's but. the perfect example because yeah. if you couldn't get it up in the stone ages, you weren't having babies. Mm-hmm. True. But now if you can't get it up, you can take a pill for that. Now you're going to have babies and now your babies are going to have trouble getting it up. Mm-hmm. And the thing is like, you're, you're actually introducing these diseases into our, into our gene pool. You're actually, you, you think about like, like, uh, peanut allergies, you know, like that, that wasn't a thing, you know, I mean, it, yeah, not, no. not as Onset big. Onset allergies a are a big thing. I got one with, to shrimp. Yeah. I was never allergic to shrimp in my life. Oh, yeah. are, are you guys familiar with uh, Dr. Chris Ryan? No. I do not know. No. He wrote, he, uh, he wrote a book recently that was talking about society and mostly about getting away from it. He's saying how that could benefit all of us because most of the problems that we have as people, as these monkeys 
mm. is actually onset by society. It's right. pretty much just a logical extension of what you're talking about yeah. here. Talking about bad vision and all these things. It's like, oh no, if we didn't have modern medicine, everybody would die out like that, you know? Right. And that's that's a I mean, I I mean I still hear people repeating this, but you know, saying that people died really early, like people died in their thirties back in the day, that's mm. just not true. That's st- that's a stati- blah, 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 statistical anomaly because mm. infant mortality rates were so high. Right. But once you got to a certain point, you've lived just about as long as right. we all do now, totally. you know? And and I mean, I, I kind of do agree with you uh, when it comes to medicine. I feel like we have taken it a little bit, I, I don't want to say too far, but like well, when you see, I, I mean, the, okay. My on, the parent, in, on the individual level, it's really hard to argue against medicine. Because yeah, if really you have is, a problem, you're yeah. going to want to fix of it. Of course, you're you going to want to do everything you can. But the, the fact is, because of technology, as a, as a species, we have stopped evolving. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And, and also are probably... Biologically, know, really, at least. Yeah, really fucking ourselves with things like, you know, uh, antibiotic-resistant, you know, superbugs that are out there right totally. now because of our over-prescription of antibiotics. Right. And there's a lot of, you know, interesting stuff out there that I think, you know, there are answers to these questions, and this is another whole argument that we can get into. But the, but the thing that I wanted to get to is that, you know, my parents, uh, my mom has worked in, you know, the ICU for 35 years. And over that time, she's like, the one thing I learned is that people just, like, there's no quality of life. And we're keeping these people, we're keeping some of these mm-hmm. people alive. They're like 90 and we're making it to 96, but they're eating through a tube and they, they right. you know, they hate everything. It's like, at what point do you say, and I mean, like, it, it's, I think it's a, it's a cultural thing that we need to fix. Not something that, not something that, you know, like a doctor would say, <laughs> but, uh, you know, at what point do you just say, you know what, no, just go home and be happy and relax and be okay with death it's so yeah be okay with death it's so interesting how petrified we are of death yeah Yeah. you know it's a it's a part of life Mm -hmm. you know and it's an important part of life and i think i think that that time in your life is very special i agree and it's a time when when you know you're not going to get all the answers you know you never will but not in this not in this experience experience that's you know there's so many. Uh, this is such a crazy theme that I've been going through. But I really want to qu- uh, really quickly want to talk or uh, throw out a book based on what you were just talking about the uh-huh. overdiagnosis. It's called Overdiagnosed by <laughs> Gilbert Welch. Uh, I was just recommended. Uh, somebody recommended this to me the other day to read, um, and I look forward to reading it. So, but I guess it talks about all of that what you guys were yeah. just talking about. Yeah, uh, I could. I've. This has been that. I mean, I'm just guessing from the title that I could probably talk about this for another hour and a half. Making oh people been, sick in the pursuit of health. Yes, you know, oh, curing wow. the symptoms but not the disease. Exactly. You know, prolonging the disease, not the and and it's it just yeah it's and you learn that through whether it's diag because like, we all self uh, we all self diagnose ourselves too mm-hmm. on the daily. Like I've been, you know, it, it starts when you're a kid and your mom gives you come ibuprofen to kill, yeah. heal your you know pain. And I know a lot of people that don't do that, but my mom was just like you know don't want to deal with me complaining that my legs hurt or like you know growing pains or whatever, yeah. and so. Here, take two ibuprofen. And so here I am not realizing that through my lifespan, all of those times that I'm taking ibuprofen for my headaches, my hangovers, everything, that's fucking up my kidney, which further (laughs) fucks up everything else. It fucks up my, uh, the way I digest food, the way I fucking live my life, the way I like it, it, it's everything. And and, it, it prevents me from having energy to go out and work out and do all the things that I want to do. You just put yourself into this fucking hole, you yeah, know, and it's a lot harder to get out. Each other. Absolutely. But along with what you're about to start saying about, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's actually, I find that it's more special with Western culture 
to have this preoccupation with death and youth and beauty, mm-hmm. right? It's it's this combination of those three things I think that that we've we we try and avoid ever having to face the topic of death. You mm-hmm. know, when 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 someone in your family is reaching that stage of their life, mm-hmm. it's so difficult to talk about it. I've I've found oh, it, you know yeah. like I you know I don't want to get into specifics, but like my you know. When, I find that, that when they reach that point in their life, they do want to talk about it mm-hmm. and they want to, they want to have a discussion about it and they want it to be something that the family can share in the experience that they can, they can maybe learn something from it and, and, and it can be op- an opportunity for redemption for certain people. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, whenever it gets brought up, it's, Oh, come on, you're, you still got 30 years on yeah, you, you know, bro, like, let's not talk, let's I not talk about all it all the time. Yeah. yeah. People you know? hate it when I bring up the, the idea of death and talking about, you know, how I'm not afraid of it. And it comes off right away. I get it. How it comes off as though I'm self-destructive and, you know, contemplating suicide. And that's a very big thing because there are people suffering. There's people, a lot of people suffering. And I'm not trying to make light of the situation that, you know, people are out there and, and they're hurting. And so they they just would, re- they don't see a positive side of it. But there are people in, and even in big cultures that I've always seen death as an honorable thing. There's also, uh, you know, for their own way, I'm not saying I agree with that necessarily, but there's also other ways. It really is just the cycle of life. It's the beginning to an end or the end to a beginning, whatever, however you want to fucking look at it. And when I was younger, I was told by somebody that their grandma, they just told me the story of how their grandma was just sick and tired of like, or their mom said, "If if I ever get to the point where grandma was, where we're all just, you know, miserable and tired of taking mm. care of. Mm-hmm. and not wanting to fucking put up with this <clears throat> i just want you to just you know end it, end it yeah. but and i want you to celebrate my death rather right. than mourn it right celebrate that death you know and it always struck me as something that was like yeah that's what i want to i don't want my friends to be sad i want them to come together and just talk about the good times you know obviously they're going to be sad because you don't want to fucking you're somebody that you love to be gone but it, you just have to understand that it's a part of life and it's going to happen to every single one of us. You know what that reminds me of? What? The pumpkin memorial. Yeah. That that uh, pumpkin, you know, for those of you who don't know, it's he was such an influence in our group. Mm-hmm. He, you know, we we bonded for that first time at Lightning yeah, in a Bottle was, for his set. Yeah, that was such a special... Like, that was probably the first set of that Lightning that really set yeah. the tone for... I mean everything till now. And that was right back when we came before we came and met Hector and, and yeah, exactly. And yeah. That was the same day. He became the soundtrack for for our our lives that year. Absolutely. And it wasn't just our group; it was literally everybody in that world. It yeah. was such a it's a, such a positivity yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah, he held such a already held such a special place in our heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then, there's that video where he says, you know, like I've already achieved my yeah. my goal. Like, what's your dream? Like, you life can't that? even keep up with my dreams. You yeah, know? Like, I love that. Like that so. My dreams can't keep up with or my, my life. My dreams can't keep up with my life. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Sorry. Yeah. That's and, a great uh, quote. He, um, yeah, unfortunately, was taken from us. You mm-hmm. know, way too soon. Yeah. But, but in, to celebrate his life, we, you know, we had a party in a warehouse downtown. You know, he. We, we had his DJ computer set up, you know, no one was behind it, but we were playing his tunes. And like, I saw this beautiful moment where this, this young, this young father was there with his child and, you know, the kid must've been like six years old and we're listening to this amazing dance music, um, you know, and, and he, he got down on that kid's level and he put the headphones on him. He says, he said, like, 
showing him the music and he's saying this is this is the man that we're here to celebrate mm -hmm. you know this is his legacy mm -hmm. and and yeah you're you, you're too young to understand this now but like this is an important moment for you and like it, it gave me chills what that's, do you think about the idea that i mean a lot of people can look at it their own way but that people do die at very young ages legends you know die for a reason to teach people you know, do you think that there is any sort of possibility of that being, uh, you know, predestined or planned or, or not necessarily predestined, but in some sort of way, if there was some sort of design in this world in order to teach people? You absolutely. Know? You do? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think I think that everyone's life is a part of a cohesive story. I think I, I have I choose to view the world in a way that things make sense uh-huh you know we're we're here for a reason yeah people people feel the way they feel for a reason and and life is a narrative you know it's a story that has a beginning a middle and an end it's logical it makes sense sometimes it's unexpected most times it's unexpected most times it has a well, sense it wouldn't of humor. be life then if it, if yeah. it was just and that's the beauty of it but but i i think i think what happens was always going to happen and and i think i think if the you know our our lives are are in a it's it's like it's like they they talk about with quantum uncertainty you know mm -hmm. it's both a particle and a wave mm -hmm. i think that our lives are both predestined and eternally uncertain like serge said it last podcast where he's like i knew that me and my girl were destined to meet but from here we take it to where we need to go we don't rely on just sitting back and not creating mm -hmm. our own destiny mm -hmm. in itself like that and I, I i think that's something that people need to really understand that even if you do believe in some sort of pred predestination doesn't necessarily mean that we don't have free will mm -hmm. that is something that people need to to understand predestination the idea that something's predestined doesn't mean that we still don't have free will but you know we shouldn't allow the idea that everything happens for a reason to prevent us from going out and fucking doing things that are great or for allowing us to do bad things or to just let ourselves fall into a fucking hole. Right. Well, I'm, I'm of the mindset that, you know, maybe, I mean, I'd like to believe in destiny and things being fated and all that. And I think the belief in that does help get through, but I like to see things as, and, you know, tragic things like this, deaths that came too young, stuff like that, as opportunities, you know, to find, to make the reason out of why these things happen, mm. you know, and I don't want somebody to tell me what it is. I want to make it for myself. Right. And so to honor these people in, you know, in a way that, that they deserved, you know, I'm choosing to say like, look, no, I'm not waiting for something to happen. I want to make this happen. You know, yeah. because he was taken from us too well, soon, it helped remind me that life is too short. And that thing that I might not have done otherwise, I'm going to do it now. Well, and there's people gonna, that get angry, too, like when you talk about that sort of stuff, because they say, no, man, you're just making excuses for these people. They were fucking doing drugs. They were negligent. They I mean, were fucking the circumstances ruined. of it. I mean, well, absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to say that there's someone up in the clouds who has this plan that right. like says, you know, this is what it's going to mean for you. I, I just mean that 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 meaning the meaning that you create mm -hmm. and the meaning that that you get from the universe that you get whatever you want to call it you right. know like that that is a very personal thing yeah and and i think that i think that um you know that 
experience whether or not it was going to happen the way it did it did happen the way it did and yeah. it, and if you have if you take away meaning from that which i did from this case mm-hmm. you know, absolutely they died for a reason well and even what you said right now phil like it's still not that far off from what he's saying or what oh, Serge yeah, was no, saying it's, or anything it's very, it's very similar yeah. and i think that as different no matter how many different ways anybody can word it or you know think about it for themselves it is still very similar we all kind of have a general you know understanding of what it is and it's just about preferences too it's about like well i don't choose not to do that because we know ourselves and i know that personally people are like why are you always like you know uh down on yourself you know like there's 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 different ways that people need to build themselves up or keep themselves from getting too out of control and i know myself self-awareness is very very important you know and and self-love is important but self-awareness is also important and it's it's good to love yourself but you know, a lot of people come up to me and they're like, "Oh man, you're great at this," and I was like, "Oh, you know, thank you." And I, I, I try now because I know the beast that's within inside of me that will be like, <laughs> if I get carried away and I allow fucking that shit to get to my head, I've been told my whole life, "Oh, people are like, oh, don't, don't give him a compliment. He's just gonna let <laughs> his head's gonna explode. He's gonna blow up." So now when people tell me something, I, you know, I'm kind of awkward with it because I don't know how to like accept uh, uh, compliments. compliments that well, yeah, and yeah. I just kind of like. You know, I try to make a joke out of it or I'll say and and I'm not being, you know, I'm not bullshitting either when I say that, like, well, I don't really consider myself to be this and, you know, be oh bullshit. You are don't don't be hard on yourself. You're you're being too hard on yourself. It's like, no, I mean, I appreciate what you're saying. I thank you. And I I really do uh, take what you're saying. And for some people, they need that. Some people have such low self-esteem naturally Mm -hmm. that they need to be able to sit there and tell themselves I love myself and I'm fucking awesome. Right. But then, you know, you could have your Kenny Powers who start off that way and then they try to uphold this thing. They, 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 yeah, you know, they try to uphold this thing and you, you see what kind of stuff they go through and they don't allow themselves to be humbled. Hmm. So everybody's out to find their own personal, you know, it's like spirituality to me is there, there's no one definitive fundamental path that's going to get you to the answer. And and that's just me telling you what I think. But, you know, that's what I've come to realize. The more I see in this world, the less I fucking know by far. Every time I come to a greater understanding of things as a whole, it's a far less understanding of things as a whole. I don't know shit. And so it's humbling because it's like, I've experienced this fundamental way of living and I've seen the truth in it and I've seen how it's helped certain people. But I've seen how something completely contradictory, something that should not mutually exist alongside this, also has truth to it. And that goes in so many ways. And a lot of these people that, you know, are very, they're here for a reason and they're here to teach us stuff. One thing that they get caught up with is trying to evolve beyond humans, you know, and get to a point where they're going to to discover the truth, the answer to everything. And I'm just going to sit here and say... That's a fucking waste of time. You life is meant to be lived, and take what you learn here and there, and and eat in steps, and build your own. Adapt from all the different things that you've personally experienced that work for you. All the different philosophies that work for you. Right. Build your own code. Build your own way of living. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, as long as it's surrounded and based off of love, like sincere love, then yeah. then it's good. And even getting into the topic of love, which we could get into or later or whatever, but you know that for some people, it's people put restrictions on that, you know, and they they create their own idea of what love really is and it means. But 
it doesn't have to mean that you love every single person exactly like you love the person that you're fucking that or that you know you marry or that you love your mom or that you love whoever but you still just acknowledge that's a human being and that they have a soul or you know they 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 are they have the capacity to love and that you can love them for just being alive and hope that that love reciprocates because energy is real and if they feel your energy it's going to fucking spread right you know negativity spreads but love spreads even greater right. and i still like to believe that the world has more good people in it than bad people right. oh 100% because if it didn't we wouldn't be here right. <laughs> yeah right well, and it's and it's an interesting thing. I think there's not only is there like we said a preoccupation with death in this country. There's also a preoccupation with perfection. Oh yes. And I think I think that as you know, as you kind of dig deep and to try and see where that comes from, you know, I'm not, I, I think that it's an it's a human desire for perfection. I think mm. perfection is one of those things that we dream about. It's like the dream of flying, you know, where where there's there's no worries in your mind. You, you feel like. If only you could reach that other side where the grass is greener, things would be better, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it comes, it comes to us naturally, but I also think that we reinforce it with certain, you know, spiritual beliefs in, mm-hmm. in, in this ideal, this afterlife mm-hmm. where, where things will all be better and, and it's, it's actually kind of damaging. It's, it's damaging because we as a society, uh, then decide that there there is no there is no need to live in the here and the now when we die none of this will matter yeah you know like it's it's a it's true none of this will matter you'll be dead but yeah. either you go somewhere else or you'll just <laughs> die and rot and decay or you'll be reincarnated but you're right but as as for where we are right now all we have is what we have yeah. right here, right now. Mm-hmm. Even if this is and, a vi- simulation, even if this is a video game, yeah. beat the fucking video you, game. Yeah. Even, like, you know, play the fucking game and do it well. Do as best yeah. as you can in totally. it. Totally. And I'm not saying that, like, that, that the afterlife is a bad concept. No. I think it's just dangerous when we focus so much yes. on yeah. this idea of, of you know, it, it sets you free from responsibility to be a, a moral human being. You know, and, and then at the same time, it, it implies a, an imperative that you have to act a certain way. Mm-hmm. And this perfect ideal yeah. is, is, is sort it's of like, else. well, it comes yeah. from society. And, and you start expecting it of, yeah. of other people. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys seen Humano? Hmm. I don't know what that is. There's a documentary or it's like a documentary type movie on Netflix and it's called Humano and it's subtitled. It's in, uh, I think it's, it's either Portuguese or, or Spanish. I'm pretty sure Spanish. That's a, really sad that I can't even distinguish. Yeah, I'm a terrible. <laughs> I'm pulling your well, technically, I'm not even Mexican, so it doesn't <laughs> matter. But like, it's it's I think in Peru, and this kid, you know, he's like a normal kid that like uh, decides that he he's going through a crisis in life and he wants to go and he has lots of questions, philosophical, spiritual questions that he wants answered, and so he goes out and he. Uh, goes on a journey with this shaman out into the mountains, the Andes. And it's, it's very, very simple truths that just talk about all of this stuff. And it's, it's he, one of the things that he says is, you know, like you can sit there and, and ask all these questions and try to wonder. <laughs> and, and, you know, there are things that exist. There are things that are always going to be beyond this world and what we can explain. But it's not necessarily healthy to try to always go chase after that and make sense of it. Life is meant to be lived. You know, live your fucking life and stop worrying about what comes after. I don't know. Being open to to other views and being open to disagreement and 
being okay with the answer not being so clear and not being so concrete or black and white you know i i think this world is a world of uncertainty and i and i think that uncertainty is not so much an uncertainty because we don't have the knowledge i think it's it's actually a fundamental fact of this world that it is uncertain mm-hmm. you know i like that you said I, that because there's a lot of you know in the scientific community and i am in no way against science i think that science is the one thing that should be taught and that's what we should base everything off of when it comes to law, when it comes to just every mm. dealing with everything in society. I, I, I think I think that, you know, science and spirituality should try to work more harmoniously together. Like a lot of people are trying to do that with it. But, you know, there there tends to be people that in the scientific community that have egos and they're out dead set to in every aspect negate the possibility every of every community. Well, every community. Yeah. To okay. negate the possibility of there being something there being mm. some sort of design or something sure. something greater than that. I don't think that that necessarily yeah. is what that shouldn't be what the goal is because I mean that's also kind of foolish to think in in terms of like just us knowing that we go through these paradigms where there's at like any idea that of, of things hundreds of years ago that you know we know to be facts now would have been like, oh my God, that's fucking crazy. You're absolutely bonkers, you know? And they say there's no such thing as, uh, you know, uh, ghosts or whatever. But in the cosmos, then they talk about these black holes that we've discovered. Right, you know, right. these fucking things that nobody can understand. They don't understand what's in them on the other side of them. They just know that they're there now. Right. And like, you know, in 100, 500 years, who the fuck knows what else we're going to discover? It's like Rick and Morty world, you know? It's it's just always going to keep expanding right. and the horrors and the uncertainty will, will kill you right. if you let it. But, Oh fuck. Have you seen waking life? And I keep referring to movies now because this is all like just sparking it up with me. Waking life document. All right. It's a, it's a film. Excellent film. Go. Wow. What a cliffhanger. Yes. That is actually the, uh, the point that all of our audio cuts out and we lost that episode forever. So, uh, sorry about that guys, but I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, just one more time at the end of the show, I'll do it for them since they can't do it for themselves. You can find David Appleby on Instagram at AppleStinger. Uh, and then make sure you follow the, uh, his project and my project, the, uh, Regal Collective on, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Make sure you, uh, you show up and come dance your ass off at Mustard in a Bottle this weekend if you're hearing it on time. That's May 28th, 2017. And uh, you can always find David Amaya at Hood Rat Stuff on Instagram. That's Hood Rat Stuff with three Fs. And you will also be able to find me at Phil Nobody Cares on Instagram and at Nobody Cares Phil. Of course, one extra plug for myself for the Rio Collective. Go do that. And make sure you follow the, uh, the Let It Bleed cast on all social media as well. That is at Let It Bleed cast. All right, that's going to do it for us, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.